We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome in to another episode of the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. I am Andrew Laird. With me as always is Andy Black. And today we have another special guest, uh, Maxime Hagenbouger from So Rare Data coming to us again. Maxime, good to see you again. Yeah, thanks. Hopefully um, your listeners and watch, well, viewers won't say, oh no, this guy again. <laughs> um, to be honest, I uh, was telling, talking to my kids about um, how I was going to do this show. And they were like, oh, is, is it with uh, the guy in France? And I was like, it is actually. And they were like, that guy is great. I still can't believe that he did that with you on his birthday a few weeks ago. And I was like, <laughs> the, the things that like kids remember um, yeah. is nuts. But uh, you're like one of their favorite people, just so you know. Yeah, great. So they are my favorite people also, even if I don't <laughs> know them. My heart is broken. I, uh, sorry, Andy, there's just something about the accent that just gets them. Uh, the fact yeah. that like, uh, Maxime is in the future because it's like, you know, six hours ahead. So he knows yeah. what's going to happen. There's just, there's a lot of magic when it comes to, uh, people in Europe when we're just stuck back here, six hours behind. Yeah. England is going to lose tonight and Scotland is going to win, um, at the last minute. Ooh. Just spoiling what's, you guys. What's the final score? Uh, two, one, two, one. Okay. Mm, so no clean sheets either. Yeah, oh, and Declan Rice will be assisting and uh, leading the way for my D3 All-Star to be first this week. All right. Well, at least you're completely unbiased about the projections, <laughs> so that's good. B bold um, predictions, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we were going to do this earlier in the week, and then we didn't. So, um, But first off, Maxime, thank you very much for setting up the uh, Rotowire SoRare Data Cup on SoRare Data. We have... Uh, a good number of people who have entered. Good luck to all. Uh, I was talking uh, before we went live that I've already messed up my lineup. And so I'm just in this uh, purgatory of hoping to be a lucky loser this week. Um, yeah, maybe and, it's worth you know, I, I don't want to yeah, say that I'm worth... looking for a little help, but you know, ju just in case. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's worth explaining what is a, a lucky loser because. Uh... You know, there there are cup rules on the site, but who reads the rule or who even reads the rules <laughs> no anyway? Um, even when they ask for it, they, they, like I had like five or six people when the, the rules weren't there asking for them. 
But anyway, yeah, Lucky Loser is basically because we had like more than 700 people, like 760 or something. Uh, yeah, 760. And, um, you know, you have to go to uh, 512 people to the, uh, for the next round to be a, a good round, like a proper round uh, with everyone getting a game. So basically we have like, uh, we're doing this like we have um, 1,024 participants. And uh, so we get, we're giving a match to everyone. And uh, basically because we need to eliminate like 200 people, we need to qualify uh, the rest uh, by just getting the best um, scores um, from the teams that lost uh, their games. So basically, if you score, I think between two fifty and well, yeah, two fifty and three hundred, uh, you're probably fine. Since uh, MLS scores are usually a bit lower than um, what's expected in uh, Europe or yeah, even Asia. No, no, no offense to anyone in the MLS, harsh, yeah. but just harsh. Um, <laughs> I need some big, uh, some big scores from MLS guys this week because I'm also playing. Uh, you never walk alone in the Blackpool Cup. Mm. And so, uh, as I was explaining to somebody before, he's obviously lined up five, you know, Euro snobs. And I've got some uh, some MLS guys that are hopefully to take. Nothing would make me feel better than some MLS guys taking down an Mbappe captain lineup. That's and it's probably like a unique to you. Like they're all unique. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> I think the I think he has a the Donnarumma unique as yeah. his goalie. Um, nice. But yeah, but Donnarumma might not play because it is already qualified, so they might just oh. not play him. I, I didn't like playing Italy guys this week because you don't know if they are going to play because they're already qualified. So, I mean, Mbappe against Hungary is probably the best forward uh, this week. Well, I mean, I'm I'm captaining Mbappe in every cup, every league, every uh, lineup again. Um, but yeah, then I remember my have, DNP. Um, is that because you don't have Capper, Capper uh, Shabilko? <laughs> That's probably it, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but the, the Zero Cup was also very difficult to, um, to like to line up a proper lineup because man, so many choices and uh, so many good choices, uh, and uh, you don't know what to pick. It's it's pretty hard to be in Zero's rules. I told Zara he didn't didn't have enough good players. And then yeah. he went and bought all the French guys. <laughs> You're pretty picky, I would say, because like <laughs> you have Tony Cross three times. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, um it's it's the first week where really that there are many choices and there's no risk of um, anyone playing someone with exactly the same lineup as it was uh, at the beginning of the cup. So yeah, exciting and um, great to see Zuru losing in the second round as it always happened in any cup or any uh, league that is on Sora Data. And uh, the winner got um, a, quad a Quadrado card. So Ooh. that's a pretty nice prize. Yeah, for sure. What was it, the feedback that you it, got on that cup? I mean, I, thought it was a I knew I, I I knew the zero choice was a bit controversial. I would say, uh, but um, um, because he's a bit 
direct and sometimes gives a bit of a hard time, I would say, to people sending him offers. And yeah, sometimes people don't um, receive that well. And I understand that. But also, Zero is one of the guys that uh, was supporting Sora Data from the beginning and was pretty cool with the project and with me. And um, I mean, he was okay giving away like one of his cards um, if he loses in the competition and also cards uh, for the winner. So, I mean, uh, it, it won't be zero every time, but it's it's a great um, it's a great cup to show the concept and hopefully with the Griezmann, Dembele guys joining, hopefully I can reach out to some of them and uh, uh, do a, a Griezmann That'll cup and uh with the uh, jerseys to win etc so that would be fun even if you don't accept uh, i I, I, yeah. I can do it anyway but it's it's totally better or even values that is a a french um a youtuber that is well playing the game right now and promoting it, yeah. <laughs> it on, on on twitter etc so i guess he would be open to maybe also hosting this kind of competition but i mean um I, I didn't see any complaints but i mean it's a free to enter competition it's not even your card it's like you're you're the manager now prove to everyone else that you're a good manager everyone mm -hmm. has the same cards there's no more uh, we could argue that with the national um it, the, the national teams it was pretty much a mess uh, the first round because so uh, uh, was not really let's say, um, reliable in terms of data, like who were playing where um, in a national team. So I had to do this manually and it was a nightmare to me to actually check all the teams in uh, uh, America and also in Europe. So maybe some people like played Japanese players uh, thinking they were actually playing in the worst called on yeah. Soria. So maybe some people lost because of that. But otherwise, even though you had a bit of trouble picking your players at the beginning. Now, it's just like a free to enter competition and um, enjoying Soria, even if you don't have the cards to um, to play uh, during uh, this uh, kind of uh, slow period for Soria. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> um, I'm not sure how to go down this road, but I'm gonna go down it anyway. Um, I think for how long it takes me to set lineups, and I obviously don't have nearly the cards that Zora does, going through to make one lineup, like I'm not sure if it was harder to make one lineup with all of his cards or like I was putting myself in his shoes for the upcoming, like for an upcoming game week, like having to make a lineup for, because he obviously enters everything because he has the cards for it. Um, that's a lot of work. And um, it's, maybe a little overwhelming like i just there's i'm not there i don't expect myself to ever be there which is i'm fine with but like um i like this idea because um i think we actually talked about this the last time you were on that the lineup builder you can technically build other people's lineups i mean you can build lineups with other people's cards you're not um i know you're not actually making them for them but um I kind of like the idea of expanding it and being like, not only just like a cup, but like make all of Zoro's lineups this week. And, you know, I could do it and you can do it and Andy could do it. And like, we have a competition that way. Like 
the the possibilities are pretty cool uh, for what you can do because we you know have access to see all the cars that he has. Yeah, definitely, and um, definitely something that is well underused right now. And um, yeah, I mean, looking forward to have more crops, and basically, it's very scalable, uh, a very scalable model for me. Like right now, creating a cup takes me like 15 to 20 minutes um, and uh, maybe five to 10 minutes uh, at the beginning of a game week and uh, at the end of one. So, I mean, it's not taking too much of my time um, if everything goes well, obviously, but um, I could do like uh, another uh, cup like this uh, starting like um, in August, but with a relatively small, smaller gallery because I mean, um what's what's interesting with the Royce, you have a lot of choices, but you have a lot of choices between very good players. And I would like to have like also a, a gallery with let's say like hundred players or something, but with definitely less choices um in superstars, etc. Like um a gallery with a lot of prospects or solid starters in uh, Challenger Europe, for example, or even MLS. And also that would be a good uh, measure of skills for people that say, I'm a, I'm a good manager. And uh, that's, that's a, that, that would be a great competition, I think. I think it's a perfect setup to show Andy just how bad he is at making lineups with his own cards. <laughs> you know, I, I was curious, can you do, can you put uh, limiters on the division or those tournaments that aren't available and like so so rare like could you do a u19 division or an over 35 division like are, sure. are those things yeah sure yeah it's not something i i explored and and mainly because <laughs> my name is so data or the company's name or the website name is sorry data and uh, i try to not lose too much focus on the market data and the performance player performance side and but yeah obviously there are but, a lot of concepts to explore and uh that would be fun to uh to do or even just a u23 tournament uh uh that kind of mirrors what they do yeah yeah sure i i, I could do that pretty easily yeah cool i was actually wondering if you got any interest in u23 private leagues i had one private league saying hey guys just enter u23 uh people but like uh, i don't know private leagues are i was excited at uh, excited at first with private leagues and the interest started to dim a bit um like round three or four and um I'm trying to find, I mean, if anyone wants to create a private league on Solar Data or anywhere else, um, just do it. But uh, I, I would want to find, uh, I would like to find, sorry, um, a, a concept where you still have interest in playing with your Sora cards uh, in private leagues. And I think that because SO5 is so lucrative and even SD leagues um, are pretty lucrative, like you can get a really cool card if you play every week. Well, private leagues are basically like you, you play for fun. And uh, 
when you have limited time to do it, when you have like SO5 competitions, like taking like one or two hours of your time, uh, taking some time to play in private leagues is also a bit uh, difficult to do. So, so yeah, anyone having ideas to spice up private leagues, ideas that are not so that are paying people to play, obviously, um, I- I'm taking, I'm taking. Do you think that um, just being able to say everyone has to put in a card that they could potentially lose if they, you know, something like that? Like, I'm not sure where that. That's probably uh, technically gambling, right? Right. That's yeah, what that's I was probably wondering. me ending up in prison for something <laughs> or, or paying. All right. So we'll avoid that idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a bit sad because, yeah, obviously that would be something that would be very big, very fast, because I guess everyone wants to win more cards. And I know some people did it in the past uh, privately, and um, I'm f- yeah, I mean, it's fine if uh, everyone agrees, but um, you no regulation. You can't be the one that's supporting it or yeah. implementing it. Yeah, I mean, if there's no regulation around it, it does not protect the players, and it also does not protect me from someone yeah. telling me, Hey, um, give back, give me back my card or anything, and I don't want to get into this kind of troubles right now. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, once there's regulation, or once I move to Kurukusaro or anyone anywhere in the planet that is <laughs> <laughs> like pretty flexible on gambling uh, regulation, maybe I can do it. But until until then, when you can, uh, when you finally yeah. buy that private island. Yeah, with my name on it, H-E. Do you think there's any chance that the competitions end up becoming a bigger part of SoRare data than the actual data part? No, I mean, I mean, w- w- mm, to me, side games are fun because they answer to a need and also SoRare is sponsoring the competitions and also we have some very fine people like Black and others that sponsored the, the, the SD Cup, the first edition. And um, that's why it's working, and that's why I see it as um, a good good thing to have on the platform. But as I previously said, I think that our data is um, kind of a wrong name because I see more our data as a companion and where you can do a lot of things on the platform that you can't really do on Soria. But um, I mean, the focus and why people use Soradata is not side games. They use side games a lot because it's interesting to play on Soradata. I mean, a, a fair amount of people have told me like, I prefer uh, side games, SD side games to SO5, etc. I find it more exciting. So I mean, I'm 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 really happy that uh, it suits um, users' needs, but. At the end of the day, what people want to see on Sora Data is price and uh, stats and things that they don't see on Sora and that uh, help them becoming a better manager. So, like, what about like if SoRare came to you and said, "We just want to do like all of the things that you do for the side games. We're just going to do them now." Are you uh, saying go nuts or? 
Like, how does that, how do you respond to that? I mean, I have no idea if they're doing that, but like, if they say like, I mean, we're going to start doing, you know, SO 11 and we're going to do cups and, and leagues, like, would you prefer that stuff to be on so rare? Well, I'm not sure I would, it's, it's a tough question, but let's say that, um, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure Sora is not going to do SD or SO11, whatever you call it soon. I mean, there are, I mean, games on Sora data, like 1v1 matchups are cool, but they are also very unfair. That's why I introduced Elo in uh, in leagues because you have to have like kind of a strength of schedule uh, mechanism so that people that win games um, against uh, weak opponents uh, ha get less points than uh, than others. Um, but the the format is very early and it's not a good game format to me. It's like okay, it's it's working fine right now, but I need to, if I want to go deeper and, and further on, on 11, I mean, I need to find a mechanism where the defense you're playing against is actually affecting your team and your forwards is, are actually affecting the other team or, or anything. But, I mean, just having a, a score at the end and is your score higher or lower or equal to the other team is very basic and you can do so much more um there's a there's a fantasy football game in france called mpg and uh, what it does is pretty much what i explained just a minute ago is like um if someone of your team uh, scores a goal in in uh, real life uh, your team gets a goal and depending on the on the score like they also like rated like so it does uh, on a scale to 0, uh, 0 from 10 0 to 10 sorry um you get a, a you get a grade and let's say if your forwards uh have a better rating than your defenders uh they can score also a virtual goal and at the end of the week with everyone scoring uh, real life goals or being rated at uh, a certain level you get a real life like a real life football score like four to three three to one etc and that way um the team that you are playing um is affected by the other one and uh and vice versa so that's very interesting because you're not playing for points and at the end you're just comparing the results you're playing against someone and uh against a team and the other performances they really affect yours, so that's that's something I, I want to explore. Or we <laughs> we bid farewell to uh, to Andrew, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if we are live still. I guess we I are. So. But you know, that's really really weird to me. Like, I feel like the performance already, um, like the performance of your players already kind of dictate whether you win or lose. Like, if my forward scores high, I'm going to do well in my game. Yeah, um, I guess I guess they might exponentially perform better if the defenders that I'm playing against perform really bad. Then my forward's goal might be worth more. I don't. How exactly does that work? That, 
let's say if you, we use Soria, let's say that if the defenders that you're facing have like an average note of like 60, then your mm -hmm. forwards might uh, need to have like 70 or 80 uh, to actually uh, pass the defenders and face the goalie. And then you check uh, the goalie score and the forward score and you match oh, them wow. up. And if your forward uh, have like a better score than the goalie, then you score a goal. So okay. I do want I, I do not want to steal the concept to them because I think it's brilliant. Really, it's like really interesting, and uh, the way to do matchups is really good. Good, but I also think that there's uh, a too big of a uh, of a difference between uh, goalkeeper scores and forward scores because goalkeepers tend to go to sixty or seventy, but not that much higher, and while forwards go to 100 pretty easily i would say or let's say they tend to go to 100 uh, pretty um easily so i mean it, it requires a lot of work a lot of thinking um but i don't see sorer doing this just now um they have so much more to do on the product side on the cards on um, the market on the technical side but uh i think they are there are words on the street that they are going to become a, a way bigger company than they are right now. But yeah. until then, I, I'm pretty sure that um, SD11 is going to stay on Sora Data and uh, not going to move to, to Soria. But if the they cool want thing, to do it, fine. The cool thing for you is you get to be the, the playground. You can do whatever you want. You can test it however you want. You can, you can create something like complicated complex simple whatever you can you can do it and um it really gives i think so rare a good idea of like hey this was a good idea we should maybe do it or you know they can at least they can at least see what you've done and and kind of yeah build on it that, that that's also pretty frustrating i would say because certainly like when you when you go on the Sora uh, player pages right now, you have like um, the 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 averages uh, over the last five and over the last fifteen. So yeah. first they chose exactly the same number of games, but okay, that's that's fine. I mean, it's pretty okay to do that. But they also added like the number of play of games played, like the percentages of games played. And that's something that's on Sora data for quite some time right now, like let's um, say eight months or something. So yeah, I mean, it, it's cool to be a playground, but <laughs> I don't want to be the laboratory for Sora and not uh, getting anything out of, uh, out of it. So sure. I need to find also concepts that won't be on Sora and data that won't be on Sora. And I have a pretty good idea on w what's going to be on Sora and not. Well, and uh, focus do on you that. Collaborate with them quite a bit on, on things. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, we we try to discuss pretty often what they are going to do next and what's what I'm going to do next. And sure, there there will be some overlaps, like because there are some data that I, I just can't not show. Um, sure. And. Um, they also uh, on their side uh, they, they have to show some market data or performance data 
But what I try to do is, well, you're not going to do this, so I'm going to do it because I see mm -hmm. value in this. And um, also, so I is selling cards and they don't have um, interest in like showing too many market data that could uh, lead people to buy some cards and uh, some others um, not. So, so I did not selling cards, so I can show whatever I want on on the market data side. Yeah, that's really interesting. Just like I, I'm always curious. Like, I feel like you may have said previously that uh, because all of this information is, or not all of it, but a vast majority of this information is public. Um, because of the blockchain, like you're, you want it on so rare data. Uh, and it does seem like sometimes there are reasons that so rare wouldn't have it on their site, but I think people appreciate that it's on so rare data because ultimately like it seems like this, it's there to help us. It's not like yeah. we're trying to, you know, I don't think so rare is necessarily hiding it, but I think that there's stuff that like, maybe it just doesn't benefit the site itself to show, but you're willing to show it. And I think that, people have this trust in so rare data because they know that you're willing to, to show that stuff. That's all. Yeah. Also when you build a product like Sara does that is designed to convince like millions of people at the end, um, you don't want to show too many information that are not useful to people. And also showing information is really tough to do because, um, how do you make sure that people understand what you are actually showing? Um, what I did once is, um, like back in, in like let's say last, last summer, was showing a SD score that was pretty much an indicator of whether the player was performant uh, uh, over uh, like a large number of games. Like let's say. Uh, if the SD score was high, um, that would mean that the player was scoring high and also uh, pretty much the same every game. Um, and that's a really interesting um, metric. But the problem is, um, <laughs> like the cup rules, nobody reads the explanations. Mm -hmm. And they just don't understand why the SD score is helpful or why the SD score is uh, in some cases better than the, than the average. So I switched back to the average and um, not taking uh, DNPs into account and um, everything understands uh, have averages. So, I mean, that, that's, that's kind of the struggle when you're building up a, a, a product for millions of persons showing an information uh, showing information um might lose some people and uh, that's why also for so5 um, live experience um me showing some more information like uh, the players that are playing in the in the game week uh, how much power do they have on the game week uh, uh, where your team could end up uh with the the scores right now uh, between the, like first or like 200, uh, 200th place. Um, that thing, that that sort of things. I don't think Soria wants to show this on the on their website. I think they want to keep it simple. 
you go on Sorrel, you check your scores, you check your rank, and that's it. If you want to go on Sorrel data, you have all the games, all the lineups, all the scores in real time, and you can see, well, let's say Neymar scores a goal, you can check the division and say, oh, is Neymar playing in my division and how much it will affect me? And also that's something I, I always wanted to explore is what kind of metrics would be interesting for people following live uh, SO5 tournaments uh, to have. Like I have many people asking me to have like um, which lineups can go um, can go up and uh, what what player should I follow to actually see if I'm going to do all my rank or not. And uh, these are things that are way more complicated than um, I, I actually thought. So I guess all these kinds of metrics that are for dedicated managers, I mean, so data is there not for people that are casually playing the games, uh, the game. It's there for people that actually want to, in, let's say, invest. I don't really like the word, but invest time and money in the platform and uh, make good use of uh, their galleries. I like to say that they invest time and spend money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what sure. I do on so rare. Yeah. Um, apologies for any banging that you may hear. I showed you guys earlier that they're ripping the roof off the house next to me. And so there's just constant banging. So apologies if that gets through uh, on this video or the podcast. I'm not hearing but, it, but, yeah. um, do you think more people use so rare data to find players they should target or cards to buy? Like, do you think the, I mean, it could be just 50-50 and one leads to the other, but I, we've talked previously that like, at least I think the better way to uh, buy cards is to find players you want first and then look for their cards uh, as opposed to just like going to the market and being like, oh, this guy seems cheap and okay. Like, let me go do that. Like, do you think more people are using so rare data for the actual SO5, you know, last five, last 15 to find players they should be targeting and, or are they just going to that? Like I never used the live auctions tab until like two weeks ago. Uh, I'm like yeah. embarrassed every time I start using something that I don't on so rare data. Cause I'm like, the fact that I haven't used this from the beginning is infuriating to me, but like even something as simple on that page is like, it shows the current price and the most, and what the lowest is on the market. And we, yeah. There's so many comments that people make like, how did this card sell for this? Because the cheaper one on the market, there is a cheaper one already available. And like this page just like lays it out for you. But do you think more people are using server data for, for players or for cards? I mean, I'm not doing it for anything <laughs> that you mentioned uh, right now because I'm not exploring the market because I'm not buying cards right now. So I would say there are, like so many different profiles using the website. Um, some are using them, uh, using SD to uh, follow the, the SO5 tournaments um, in another way. Um, that's what I do. Um, I like to check games on the Game Week Center that, um, and live games while I'm watching the game on TV, for example. And, um, and yeah, checking SO5 results, etc. I find it way more... I don't know, uh, um, friendly that I would say uh, that's on uh, on the main sites. Um, 
But I guess that um, some people are using solar data to make profit on the cards that they are buying, like um, so many people are on Twitter saying, hey, I've made like 0.005 ETH on uh, a player I just sold uh, in the market. And people are using Sora data to, to do this because when you go on the secondary market or the primary market, you can see, as you just said, the best market price and, and the average price. And you can spot uh, cards that are very low on the market. And there were even some people doing um, a Chrome extension using Sora data to actually uh, highlight the cards that were matching certain cr criteria, like, oh, this card is way too uh, the price is way too low for the for the the the, the previous market prices etc. So I guess yeah, some people are just using Sora data to is, check the market. Yeah, is that Chrome extension like out there? Like people is yeah, public? Yeah, yeah it's I public. have I have not even. That's a, is that something you would ever do? Yeah, I had no idea that existed. Like you hover over a card on SoRare and it maybe pulls it up in like the SoRare data version? Uh, no, no. no. I, I don't like Chrome extensions and I don't okay. think it's it's the right way to onboard people, etc. I'm, I'm not sure I, I would spend time on this, but if the community wants to do it, why not? No, yeah, I sure. Don't. I have no problem with that. It doesn't bring traffic to your site is the big issue. Yeah, there. yeah, sure. And yeah, basically that's pretty much it. <laughs> and uh, I don't have, well, yeah. And and if Sora changes stuff, I need to adapt to try and come on. Having two tabs on your browser is not something too complicated. So, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Um, but I don't know if someday uh, sorry I just buys the whole site. Um, it's everyone's fantasy except mine. Apparently on the internet, everyone's telling me, oh, "But you, you know, sorry I was going to buy you someday." I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, but if they want to do it one day, sure, wh why not? But no, 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 right now I, it's I'm not. I'm actually hoping you buy so rare. Yeah, no, that's that's not going to happen. Uh, sadly. <laughs> I mean, one way it could happen is Sora just doesn't find its public or doesn't go to a million users, and I go to the DFS part of um, like of football that I don't explore right now, and maybe find uh, a bigger public and um, also uh, people with way more money um, uh, on DraftKings, etc. But <laughs> I don't see another way of me buying Sora, sadly. Uh, rich man problem, uh, problems anyway. But um, yeah, the the other kind of people using the website is just um, doing pretty much um, like scouting. Like, uh, can you find a player that is matching your gallery and your needs? Um, I mean, one cool thing I think I did um, lately is the similar player players tab. And I mean, it, it gives you a, a completely different perspective on uh, on, um, on, P, on on the player because when you go on the Mbappe, um, let's let's check that the, the Mbappe similar player uh, tab, you see that they are actually 
players that are matching um, Mbappe's last 15 um, average scores. Like uh, right now, Sobolev, uh, Lawson, Malcolm, and the, the players that are way cheaper than uh, Mbappe. So, I mean, yeah, let's say three poor fries, S for five experience, um, cards, um, buy them and sell them, and also player scouting, um, I would say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, <clears throat> going back to what you said about watching live, it's yeah. it always throws me off when I talk to people in the middle of a game week and they show me their like how their team is doing from so rare. And I almost like don't know how to read it. And it's like, the, you know, it's the column and I'm just like, okay, like, are you close? What do you, and I, I send them if, I mean, yeah, I'll send them like the one from so rare data. And they're like, that's so much better. And it's like, I don't know how anyone tracks their scores any other way. Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty, it was, like this way from the beginning, the, the page didn't change much uh, from the creation of the website. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of happy they so stays this way. It's also better for mobile uh, browsing um, the, the, the way they're doing it. But I'm looking forward to proposing a new way pretty soon. I can't believe uh, they haven't updated their, their leaderboards. Uh, I mean, the way... The way yours are just so easy to look at and view and keep up to date with is amazing. And 
Laird and I have talked about this numerous times. Before game week starts, it would be so great if we could see all of our lineups in one place. It drives me nuts that, like, I have to click into each one. Um, could you ever ingest the – I guess you couldn't take in the lineup data before the game week locks because it's not, quote-unquote, public yet? Um, so I need to check, but if you're logged in with Thorea, I might have the authorization to do it for you. So let's say you go to a page on Sora data and say, fetch my lineups I've just built on Sora. I could probably fetch them. Um, but I guess that's why could the lineup builder exists and you can build your lineups on Sora data and just, um, right. admire them on Sora data. But I know you don't do that and I'm pretty... Hey, I do uh, use it. I just don't build them all out there. Yeah, I think and one thing I didn't do is like, I need to do this um, integrate the, the weekly challenge on the on the lineup builder and I'm so shameful for not doing this. Early. <laughs> is it the comments that mess it up though? Mm, you know, I have I have the comments on my database, but it's not it's not the comments. It's just I, I I don't really like comments. I don't think they are there to stay, and and it's taking me too much time to integrate them properly. And uh, because there are so many comments, um, and I just decided not to care about them. So sorry, on a common owners, but uh, just too much work and uh, too much hustle for this. I assume it's it would take pretty significant integration with SoRare. But one of the uh, tools that a lot of DFS content sites have is the ability to make your lineups on their site and then to import them to DraftKings or FanDuel. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I mean, I've had like multiple people ask me as if I would have any idea, but like make just the lineup builder of submit this lineup in SoRare. That would be awesome. Oh, that's definitely something I have in mind, but as you said, it—I um, mean, I didn't even try to do it with the permissions that they are um, giving me to do Sora data. But I, I want to do it the uh, the polite way and just asking them if I can do it. And uh, I mean, to them, it's not probably not really a good thing because it's not driving traffic to them. But at the end of the day, what what's really important, I think, is people are still buying sorry cards. So anything that helps people buying cards, I guess that's good. Um, just they want people I don't have to the... so buy the cards, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So I mean, that's pretty good for them. I, I don't have the the chat uh, that is on YouTube or etc. Uh, showing, but if you guys have like comments or people yeah, that um, say hi just uh, john i'm, I'm waiting back a, a bit from last night on a dotson that i was kind of eyeing he got him a, uh like black, how does that feel when Doxson. you bid on a card and somebody else bids and they're like oh i'm not getting this because black is trying to get it no I, yeah there's a lot of cards where i just am like okay i can't let him go get away get away that cheap so i'll put in like a okay I'm trying to also I'll try to steal him at that price or whatever, but it may not be a guy like Dotson wasn't a guy I was like passionate in, in getting, but it was like okay if if he's gonna go that cheap I'll I'll throw a bit in there and and that seems like something that is counter to what you 
have preached to me um, every time I mention a card I might buy. Yeah. Your response is, how are you playing him? Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's just too, he's just cheap or, you know, and you're like, buy cards to play. And I'm like, but that, that's not fun. And then I end up with a card that I cannot sell and I don't play. And so I. Yeah. But so like he would be more of like a depth piece. Like he's not, I don't think he's going straight into a lineup. He might, I don't, I don't know. Like I probably have depth needs or U23 needs. Cause I think he's U23 for another year. So I think that's one of the reasons I, I bet on him. Cause I, he'd, he'd get one more year, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like to pick up those depth pieces. Like if it, if it were like a more elite player or something, I would have a lot more thought in the process of, acquiring them or whatever but when it's more of like i think he's like a 50 average type guy it's like uh like a defensive mid who's just going to churn out 50 points i don't know those are pieces i like to have around but i don't spend a lot of time like focusing on the why you know what happened to me the other day that the only card uh, I bought for the last, I don't know, three months was uh, Hugo Lloris, the, 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 the French goalkeeper. And first out of 100 uh, went for 2.1. And at that time, we are definitely in price discovery. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, Neuer is on the market for 1.4. And I got a bit confused by Sora data um, because the last card that was sold um, uh, for Neuer was like 1.2 or something. But I forgot it was the Champion Edition. So, of course, the Champion Edition is a bit overpriced compared to the other ones. And so I went into the the tour, <laughs> the second card auction and was like, my limit is 1.3. It seems legit. Let's see what oh it goes, and I get overbid at one ETH or something, and I'm like, okay, let's do it. Just let's send the one point three bid. And the funny thing was, I was praying to be overbid on this card. I was like, come on, please, please overbid, please. And I just got the card, and uh, the other auction settled that. Point nine or something so pretty uh, dark day for me uh, to just lose <laughs> 20 to 30 percent in just one auction yeah, I, bad, I, mean, I don't think at this point you can consider it a loss like yeah, the sure. utility is huge yeah i i, I, I mean, just checked less but yeah I checked Navas uh, my um, Navas card uh, so5 uh, stats to just see that, sure, a good goalkeeper is very useful, and I think he will help me getting good cards. And right. he he delivered because I won a card, a, a fantastic card uh, during the weekly, which is one shady defender playing for Peru and in MLS. So I'm very happy. The place just in front of me got uh, Palacios. So very happy. Always, always uh, looking forward to getting my rewards, going on the website, checking who, <laughs> who the next place and who the previous place got, and just smiling at the page. That is a fun page if you end up with a good card and the person behind you or in front of you doesn't. But yeah, um, do you think? Uh, 
you think the market will get screwed up by these kind of special edition cards? Yeah, I don't know if screwed up because they are so special that it shouldn't affect the price too much. But at some point, I was thinking uh, maybe I need to remove those cards from um, the price average. Uh, I don't know if that's correct. Uh, I'm not really sure. But again, uh, if I do this, how do I inform all the users that I'm actually doing this? Like, yeah. um, it's very difficult when you show an information <laughs> show information again, like to make sure that your users are actually understanding what they see. And um, so I'm not right now. All the averages take um, a special edition cards into account, and I don't think it will change. Um, soon, but uh, it's a legitimate question and maybe I should uh, do a better job at uh, highlighting at least uh, special editions. It's funny what you said before about the Loris price discovery, because it seems to me, at least on some of the cards that I've been watching, that the new MLS card price discovery works in the exact opposite direction that we've seen. So the, the example that I had was um, Pozuelo. And yeah. so he wasn't one of the new, he was in this second wave of MLS cards. And sure. I've been trying to get one for weeks. And I knew once the new cards came out, then they'd be a little cheaper. But because there just weren't new cards out, like the prices weren't moving, he was hurt. And so I think the people who had Pozuelo cards weren't willing to give him up for cheap because they shouldn't. I mean, he's an elite MLS player with an injury that he was coming back soon from. So the new card comes out and uh, he was basically the ask prices, which I think were generally ridiculous, were like 0.5. And uh, I thought maybe 0.4 would be able to be the range. The one of 100 goes for 0.204. And I'm like, this is awesome because I'm used to seeing, you know, new cards come out. The one of a hundred is always the most expensive. And I'm like, I'm going to absolutely rob a Pozuelo here. Nope. And um, nope. the one the one sold this morning for 0.335, like on auction. Yeah, prices like, are going up on him. It's one bizarre. of a hundred was absolutely the floor. Yeah. And it was just like, so I kept being like, well, if that's the floor, I'll wait. And then the next one was 0.24. And I'm like, boy. Somebody misclicked there. And then it's like 0 0.24, 0 0.27. And I'm like, I'm dead. I'm not going to get this wrong. <laughs> right. Wrong way. And then making matters worse is that the people who had them smartly, I will give them credit for this, smartly did not see the 0.2. And they're like, oh, I have to really price mine down to sell it. Like they probably paid much more than 0.2. And, and I apologize that I'm using only uh, ETH here, but I continue to only really recognize that. Um, but even dollar wise, yeah. they're down. And so it's, it's just weird to me how some cards like, obviously, these France cards are more special edition than just a new Pozuelo card. But to see the price discovery be so low at the beginning versus the France ones where they were just so high. Um, I want the opposite. Yeah. Those aren't the cards I'm buying. The France cards are not what I'm buying. Yeah, this chart is very unusual i would say um but um when you take a, a bit of um of a look back at the, the auctions uh, before in march and in april 
you had like um, settlements at uh, 0.5, even 0.7, but that was during maybe the, the frenzy, I would say. Um, so I guess when you see that um, someone is buying at 0.2, it seems like a good deal because some people still bought it at like 0.7 or 0.6. So even buying at 0.3 seems like a pretty good deal if you take the whole history. But it's it's really weird. I, I checked the, the time for the auction and it's 12 p.m. in the U.S. and 6 o'clock in Paris, which is usually a pretty good time for Soria because some people are just uh, getting back from work and say, let's spend the money I just earned today and buy a card. And uh, that was pretty much the time when I bought Loris too. So I know the feeling and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique, I guess, in the, um, in the, um, in the ecosystem and uh, on Sora. Andy, you, I have to call you out on this. Um, so we were talking about how some of these MLS cards that we had been looking for were ending at like two and three o'clock in the morning in the U S yeah. on the East coast. And we were, both giving so rare credit and cursing them because they timed these France auctions perfectly for everybody to just buy them. Cause we, um, like we were looking at some and we were like, Oh, maybe overnight in France when everybody's sleeping, we can snack some of these. And you look at the schedule on so rare data and you're like, wait a minute, this one doesn't, Oh no. And we, you're like, we oh, went through like three days worth trying to find some auctions that might end in odd times. And there just weren't any, they were like, perfect timing for you know people that live overseas yeah but um i guess we'll enter an interesting time around friends cards because now every player has basically 30 cards or something and so that's usually where prices dip a bit uh so we'll see if uh, people are still buying or if they are many people just waiting for their turn to arrive and uh, waiting for a good price. But I, I, I checked the data and um, in four days, well, from, uh, I, I think it was Monday, mm -hmm. from Monday to today, um, there were auctions settling for a total of uh, 280 ETH. Uh, just for uh, friends cards yeah. and I was like that's a big number and <laughs> so th that's that's I think uh, I, I think it's like 300 auctions so 300 cards for um, 288 ETH and I checked the whole FC Nantes auctions from the beginning of the of Nantes being on Soria which is um, November 2019 well, December, whatever. And it's 191 ETH. The total non FC Nantes cards uh, auctions uh, for more than 2,000 cards. And I checked Marseille also, which is a pretty famous club in France, um, landed on Sorer in uh, July 2020. It's um, 330 ETH, the whole um, history. So, I mean... France has to be the most <laughs> amazing thing that happened to Soria. But 
PSG, th there's a long way to go until PSG because PSG is like more than a, a thousand ETH, like a thousand yeah. and ten ETH. Um, so yeah, pretty big numbers. Uh, pretty right cool. Hey guys, not to uh, change change topics or anything, but uh, just wanted to say hey to Quinny Vespasian, Mike Baston, the, the couple guys commenting here, and we do have a question from Quinny. If you guys would like to take that on, I I, would, I saw Quinny comment, and I'm just like, this is a bizarro world because I'm used to actually watching him and, uh, <laughs> and commenting on his videos. I love this question though. Um, yeah. Says, what do you guys think of the XP season bonus rule adjustment? Good penance for guys not getting new season cards quick enough. I honestly was like outraged when they announced it, um, partially because um, a buddy of mine, Trippin B on on so rare, has brought brought this up like for weeks. Like as soon as the they took it away from the MLS cards from last season, mm -hmm. and there was like no announcement that the new cards were coming. It was like we had this dead zone where we had zero bonus on cards, even though MLS games were going on and there were no new ones. And they kind of, I don't want to say they like brushed him off, but they basically were like, yeah, well, nah, we're okay. And yeah. then they just like announce it now uh, with this second set of cards. Like, I think, yeah, I, I, outrage is very dramatic. I wasn't like grabbing a pitchfork, but it was like a bummer because like we should have had some sort of bonus if like the, if the idea is you have a bonus until you can buy new cards, then yeah. like we had like months where we couldn't do it. They got it right. Yeah, absolutely. It just, it took longer than everyone would have liked, but they got it right. And, and I think that's why when they announced it, it was like, that was like the, mo the, the one announcement where everybody was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Like there was no, there was no fighting it. There was no like, but, or actually it was like, Oh, okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, to me, it lacks a bit of transparency and um, <clears throat> and scheduling on the um, the release of uh, cards. Um, yeah. I mean, I was outraged. I will I will use that word um, to see that they were not communicating on West Ham not being on the platform in 2020. Sure. Um, because while people understood that uh, with Liverpool integrating the platform and, and not having any other English clubs, that would probably mean that West Ham uh, was not on the platform that year. But, I mean, just Soria just saying, coming on record and say, guys, uh, it is not planned right now that uh, West Ham will have 2020, 2021 cards, uh, would have, I, I guess, affected the market. And um, I guess... It's not that the community would have not cried a river because West Ham was not on the platform that year. But I think that's good to have that transparency and have, let's say, over the next month, at least indications of which cards will be released and which teams uh, will be released. And uh, I heard they were going to do like some kind of a public library of this kind of information. I don't know when or I don't know how this information will be released, but definitely it's frustrating that to have like uh, to wait for months to have new editions without having like, a, let's say, an estimation of the timeline. Uh, yeah, I've asked multiple times and I know that you have two uh, HG and feedback where, you know, we want to, we, we, everybody wants to know when you're going to stop minting 
um, cards for a team or a uh, league. Like the MLS cards, it would have been nice to know, like, when when will you be done minting them? And what is the rule? Is there a rule? There should be a rule. Like um, once the new yeah. season starts, do we stop? Or we only stop once we get the new ones? What, and then what's the rule for when we get the new ones? Like, and I, I know, Laird, you even mentioned this a few times. Like, a lot of the new MLS cards we waited all this time for, and they don't even have new pictures. It's just, like, the same picture, which I'm totally fine with. But, like, why did we why did we wait for them if it's just the same thing? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I was really outraged. And, I, I mean, the word is correct because I was really mad at seeing cards from 2020 still being sold in 2021 i guess january is fine maybe february is okay yeah march begins to be borderline and april is like it, yeah. we're a quarter we in 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 21 already yeah. so what are we doing right now and i guess that affects a bit of the trust that uh, the users are putting in Sora because the whole concept is having um, rare cards that are sold during the proper year. So if they are selling 2020 cards in 2021, it opens the door to so many other things. Like why not having 2018 cards being maxed out uh, next year? I mean... If you don't clarify your position in uh, uh, on the subject, I guess it's uh, sorry. I no just problem. found something. Bob, Bob, and Chat said uh, Cornell or Colonel, uh, goalkeeper for New York Red Bull, has a great photoshopped body, and he does. <laughs> Go look it up. Uh, yeah. How do you say it, Coronel? Yeah, C O R O N E L. It's absolutely ridiculous. Oh, that's what yeah, the. That's bad. Um, I think, I think one of the problems, so, uh, I got in like a Twitter discussion about this, which, um, we all know like how Twitter discussions can go, but somebody was kind of pointing out that the, the biggest problem with, um, well, not the biggest problem, but there's something fundamentally wrong with selling 2020 cards after the 2021 season has begun. And the argument there was like, well, they're going to have they're going to mint too many cards. And it's like, well, fundamentally they, they can't mint more than a hundred. But if you look at it from like a, a 365 day span, theoretically they could mint more than a hundred cards for a player. It just happens to be, you know, 75 from one season and let's call it like 30 from another. So or from the next season. So now we have like more than 105, hundred rare cards uh, in a calendar year. And, while the the selling point is like the scarcity is a hundred per season, they're like really stretching what the definition of a season is. Where yes, we'll never get more than two hundred rare cards of a player in two consecutive seasons, but it does feel just a little weird when in a year, like an actual calendar year, we're gonna get we're gonna go past the the scarcity that they claim we have. And obviously, the next year there'll be less because they have to make up. You know, they already used it in this year, but. I don't know. It just it feels wrong when you could have more than a hundred cards in a calendar year, even though they they say we don't. Yeah, definitely. And we were at a point where 
people were shouting for more rewards and uh, more cards in the in the prize pools. And why not using those cards uh, to actually reward people in SO5 at this point? I mean, I guess the answer was a bit, I, I didn't really get the answer. The, the, pretty much the answer was on the subject, well, it would be a shame not selling those cards. I'm like, yeah, sure. Making Not making money is a shame for you, but I mean, do you understand the consequences of what's actually done? And I mean, sure, I didn't, lo I didn't lose confidence and trust in Soraya uh, because of this, but if you're a newcomer, always doesn't look good uh, when you see 2020 cards being sold in April uh, 2021. For all of us that already had those cards and they're selling those cards without the bonus, they're obviously selling for less because A, they don't have the bonus and B, they're, you know, the 80th mint or whatever. To us, it's like, oh, they're devaluing our stuff by selling it without the bonus. And, you know, the, the data speaks, the data says, you know, uh, on so rare data, it says that the cards are selling for less. And there are reasons for that. Minty yeah. cards with no bonus was out. That was actually outrageous. Yes, like, agreed. Like I, I remember when, like early on, uh, for me, my thought was like the older cards should be more valuable because like older things are more valuable than new ones. And it's like no, no, no. You, you get a bonus for the new cards. And it's like, well, why do you do that? And it's like, well, because we have to buy them. Like they have to sell cards, so they have to make the new ones more attractive. And it's like, okay, I get it. And then they mint without a bonus. And it's like, I, I'm not really, I, like, there was, so we're, not only are you buying cards with no XP, but you, we also had no idea when the new ones were coming. So like, is the card I'm about to buy with no bonus the last one? Are there 10 more after this? And I think like the, I realized that they can't be so transparent with their legal agreements that they're like, this is the day that we're going to do it. You know, we're going to release all the new MLS cards on April 15th. And they can't say this in February. But I feel like fundamentally, that's the transparency that we all want. Because yeah. if we don't know, you know, the, we know that they can go up to 100. But if we, yeah. if we know that they're not, I don't want to buy card 79 if I know they're going to 100. But if I know they're stopping at 80, then I, maybe I feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, sure. And also, I think they they kind of need, um, no, not need, but lack some, uh, let's say, customer service. Like, when they announced, like, you know, the the, the XP, when you transfer a card, uh, you would lose half of, half of the XP. Um, there were some changes uh, at the time. I, I don't remember correctly, but... Um, it was impacting the game a lot and you could have said just give a boost of experience to all the cards that are affected by the by the change and people would say okay let's do it uh, no problem but i mean there you could have said like okay we'll give a boost of five percent to all the cards that were sold from this point on or maybe not a five percent boost or let's say a two or three percent and that would have been, um, let's say, a good gesture to say, okay, maybe we did 
the bad <laughs> bad things on the on the poor, on the XP side. But at least we're trying to make it up to you by trying to not <laughs> have completely worthless cards because they have no XP. And I mean, also just to finish on the XP side, on the XP side. I mean, training is completely broken. Training is a shame. Training should not happen. Training is a disgrace. I can go on and on and on for days. Just auto-train the cards. Give them less XP. I don't care. But don't reward people because they just spend endless minutes trying to put a lineup. I mean, it's. I still don't get it. I still don't get why, why it's there. Uh, a new Sora data... Uh, request is to know which cards I have in lineups and to build my training lineups for me and then import them. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I, you know, I won't do that because that would mean I endorse training. Yeah, that's a so good point. I won't do that. Um, going back to the West Ham thing for a second, do you guys expect Liverpool to be done? Sure. Like, do we know? We don't know what... what you well like are you expecting it, another season of liverpool no no uh, we I, don't I know mean, for sure but no yeah we don't know for sure but if if you if you take a look back at history they signed west ham they signed liverpool now that you have liverpool cards and now that liverpool isn't a really good football team you can go and sign manchester city and have uh, a great season of great cards so i mean why would you re-sign liverpool if you can get another english club but the expectation is that they really can only do one at a time like do we know that they, I mean, they haven't said it but i i've heard that panini has uh yeah. some kind of rule where uh, anybody else that wants to do deals with uh, EPL, it can only be one licensed team at a time, something like that. But it has to do with a an exclusive agreement Panini has with uh, the EPL. It's my understanding. I get my yeah. My understanding is where we get when we get EPL, we get all the clubs. And having more than two clubs means that they basically have all the clubs. Uh, because if I understood it correctly, um, the deal is more on the league level than on the club's level. So, but I guess Nicola was not wrong when he said that everything can happen. It's just contracts and dealing with this. So I guess they just need yeah. to find some kind of deal that that works for for everyone. So I guess we ne- we just need to be patient and uh, hopefully they onboard the whole French Championship that is way more attractive than uh english football and and they have like pretty good breasts players that you guys will enjoy uh, having in your tier three rewards <laughs> <laughs> there's plenty of tier twos out there it wasn't yeah. just tier three expansion I mean, and also on tiers, why I'm at it, uh, let's bring tier four and tier five and let's just end up the the tier three mess and the tier three. I don't want to sound too aggressive, but uh, drama, I would say the tier three drama. I I guess that um, um, they are doing it fine in one perspective, which would be like 
you don't know what you're going to get. And that's the fun of a, a large tier of players. But I mean, the, the, the difference between what you can get from the high end of the, of the pool and the low end is too damn, too damn big. Yeah, for At sure. least to me. What do you think the right number is for tiers? I mean, I guess four or five is okay. I mean, it depends on the number of players that you have, but like right now it has to be 4,500 uh, players. So I guess that if you have like 10 to 15 players in the first tier, maybe 20 to 50 in the tier one, and maybe 100 to 200 in tier two, because tier two is not that big. Yeah, I mean, that... Uh, that means that there are a lot of players in uh, in tier three, and also tier five, tier four, and five could be used to put like uh, non-starters and injured players, like long injured players, in those uh, without, of course, uh, having Neymar in those tiers because he's injured for six months. But I mean, it's it's a complicated system to put in place, of course. But I mean, um, they have to. I guess, in my opinion, do a better job uh, with the with the rewards tiers. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, we're going a little longer than I thought we expected, although we could probably go for like three more hours. Um, sure. Is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on? Uh, Bob mentioned the English national team. Um, I think that that would be big for the platform. Um, I think if I could add any national team, it would probably be well, okay, I take that back. Maybe the U.S. men's national team. That might be fun, right? Um, you, I mean, we, we already know where you stand on this, HG, so so you don't, you don't get to speak here. <laughs> we know which national team you think is best. I think, the, I think the, the important thing, though, is the English national team brings players, and we saw this with Lloris is one example, but like yep. guys from unlicensed clubs, like the MLS ones are mostly, I mean, not all, we obviously don't have like Pulisic. Oh, the U.S. men's national team would bring in a ton of unlicensed players. But I think the I I don't see the upside in shoot. You know, obviously doing both would be great. But like when you have an uh, yeah the English Harry team Kane and Sancho and yeah, I mean yeah. those guys are going to sell for ridiculous amounts of money. Right. Yeah, but it depends on what your strategy is. Um, because let's say that. Right now, the three biggest countries on Soria are France in terms of uh, users, are France. Yeah. Um, let's say UK and Italy uh, like um, at the same place and maybe Germany and United States. So what do you want to do? Do you want to satisfy your current users and bring on, let's say, um, England or Scotland or Italy? Or do you want to go and find like Spain or Portugal where maybe you don't have that many users um, or the United States would be also a good idea because there are not a lot of American users on Soria. Um, so I guess that will be fun to watch, but I expect some cool teams to land on the platform. Andy, would you rather a Chelsea Pulisic or a U.S. national team Pulisic? U.S. national team. Okay. I, it, 
there's something cool about the national team ones and like the, even the French ones, like I would love one of every, every one of those cards, every single one of them would love to own one will never happen. But I mean, uh, I might only get one or two of them, but, uh, they're, they're really cool cards. I agree. Hey, if you stop eating for like two months and you just <laughs> live under a bridge, maybe you can afford Yeah. <laughs> Feed my family ramen every day. I mean, you have to set the priorities, and the um, that's sorry, kids. Ramen again. Actually, they might be happy with that. Okay. How else are you planning on sending them to college? <laughs> Other than send stores? them to French college. It's free. Yeah. It's pretty Is it free okay. For Americans, though? Can Americans go to French college for free? Yeah, I'm not sure. But I guess it's definitely less expensive than the uh, U.S. college anyway. And even with the, um, the apartment and uh, the food, etc. I mean, mm. like France, like even expensive schools in France, like 10K a year. Maybe we could get HG just to temporarily like adopt our kids and just send them to French schools. Get the nationality and the... Uh, Get to school and go back to the U.S. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, yeah. I have a big apartment of about fifty meters squares, square square meters. Yeah. So I guess they could fit. Yeah, that sounds great. I'll send you a few cards for free. <laughs> People will outrage because it looks like I'm, you know, giving you stuff for free, just whale to whale. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, only FC Nantes players, please. Hey guys, only I got a cards. Okay. Um, See Andy, See yeah. Back. So uh, thank you for that, uh, Maxime. Always uh, awesome when you come on and uh, join us because uh, it's just a really fun perspective. Um, once again, this is the Rotowire, uh, excuse me, the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. That is Maxime over there from So Rare Data. Um, I think this So Rare Data and Chill thing should become a regular thing. So I can't imagine anybody is against that. So uh, we'll have to have you back on quite quite often, Maxime. But yeah. Uh, sure. Thank you for that, and uh, good luck with uh, everything else. Yeah, thank you, and always a pleasure to be on, and uh, I'll see you soon then. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.